The NHL trade deadline is rapidly approaching. And on today's episode, we'll talk about why this particular deadline is maybe the most important in Dallas Stars history. We'll dive into that on today's episode of Locked On Stars. Your Locked On Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked On Stars podcast, the only daily podcast covering the Dallas Stars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars hockey, coming to you on this Thursday, February 16th. And whether this is your first time here or you are a recurring listener, thank you for stopping by and making Locked On Stars your first listen every single day be sure to hit that subscribe button if you're watching on youtube you can also follow us on your favorite podcasting platform we are free and available no matter where or how you choose to listen i wanted to spend a good chunk of today talking about the upcoming trade deadline in early march just a few weeks away and we're already seeing some pretty crazy moves go down and i am holding to the belief that This is quite possibly the most important trade deadline in Dallas Stars history. And I I will dive into that specific take a little bit later. But I want to start things off going back in time to a week ago uh, when a a big move happened in the Central Division. We, of course, saw Vladimir Tarasenko get traded from the St. Louis Blues to the New York Rangers. And, of course, you know, again, this move is nothing new. I'm sure you listening at home. You've known about this move. You're aware that it happened, but there's still some lingering effects and some things that we can take away and ponder on as the trade deadline continues to approach and several teams like the Dallas Stars haven't made moves yet, but you know that some sort of move is coming. And I think for starters, uh, the, the takeaway one is that this is one less team that the Stars have to worry about in the playoff race, not that the Blues Uh, were too much of a concern. I think they were a pretty long shot to get into the postseason, but I think that they're finally showing that they're they're starting to let go of some key pieces. Tarasenko's gone. Guys like O'Reilly and Barbashev may be on the move as well. They're they're three points behind the Predators, who are also not really in in a good spot for the playoffs at this point. Would have been a long shot. That's one takeaway. But I really want to talk about how this affects the trade deadline uh, as as it concerns or as it pertains to the Dallas Stars. And I think this trade showed us something very important, at least with how this trade deadline is shaping up, and that's that you don't necessarily have to give up a ton for a high-quality player. You look at Vladimir Tarasenko, who's 31 years old. He, he's a seasoned NHL veteran, Stanley Cup champion in 2019 with the Blues, and he's having a, a pretty good year, all things considered. 11 goals, 19 assists, 30 points in 40 games played with the Blues. Of course, missed some time uh, due to injury and things of that nature and already making an impact uh, with New York. I believe he has a goal in two games with the Blue Shirts. So he's a pretty good player, a guy that you certainly do not mind adding to your roster in order to you know, bulk up uh, the lineup 
before you make it to the postseason. And, and the Rangers certainly gearing up to make another appearance in the Eastern Conference Finals. And I think that they certainly had a team that could do that, given the players they had at the start of the season. But then you add a guy like Tarasenko, and you like their chances even more. But here's the kicker. The Rangers didn't really give up that much when you look at it. And when you think about it, here's what the New York Rangers gave up in return for Vladimir Tarasenko. Sammy Blay, who was underperforming heavily in New York this season, five points in 40 games, all of those assists, a guy who wasn't scoring, a, a guy who if you took him off the roster even without a trade, you're not missing a ton in terms of production. Hunter Skinner, a prospect, a fourth-round pick in the 2019 draft, who's kind of mainly been in the ECHL, had a few short stints in the AHL, but a guy who might not even play in the National Hockey League at, at any point in his career. And, and to Sammy Blaze's credit, he did score a goal, I believe, in his first game with the Blues, so maybe he just needed a change of scenery. But still, the Rangers certainly not losing any sleep over giving up a player like Sammy Blay. So it's Skinner, Blay, a conditional first-round pick that kind of is in a weird place where you know that pick depends on how the Rangers finish the season and how the Stars finish the season because the Rangers possess the Dallas Stars' first-round pick for this upcoming draft due to the Niels Lundqvist trade. And both of those teams seem to be you know, doing very well, and it's, the Stars might even finish at the top of the Western Conference. So I don't think those will be necessarily very high draft picks. And then the Rangers also give up a 2024 fourth-round pick. Uh, there's some conditions to that as well, but I think there's a chance that it could be a third-round pick um, depending on you know some, some results. I don't remember off the top of my head, but it's a fourth-round pick, and it's not until next year's draft. But all that to say, that's not really a ton to give up. It sounds like a lot because that's four different things. That's two players and two different draft picks. But when you take a deep dive into each of those items, it really doesn't seem like a huge loss for the Rangers, especially for what they got in return with Vladimir Tarasenko, who's you know 31 years old, still a lot to offer on the ice, and also a great veteran presence to have in the locker room. A guy who, again, has won a Stanley Cup in recent memory, and the St. Louis Blues retained 50% of Tarasenko's $7.5 million cap hit, which was huge for the New York Rangers. Uh, they they don't have a ton of space now. It's just a little over $1 million last I checked. But that's massive. 50% of that cap hit, they're only paying uh, Tarasenko just under $4 million instead of nearly $8 million. And Tarasenko, while he might be aging, there might be some injury concerns. He, he's looked good in his first few games with the Rangers, and he was an 82-point scorer last season. Really, really good pickup from the New York Rangers, and I think they're going to be one of the scarier teams in the Eastern Conference, as if that conference wasn't scary enough. But all of that to say, again, it doesn't look like you have to give up a ton this year at the trade deadline in order to get a decent player. I think there are some players out there that you do have to give up quite a bit for, uh, but that's your, your Timo Myers, your Eric Carlson's of the world. You're, you're going to have to give an arm and a leg, if not more, than to get those guys. But And no disrespect to Tarasenko, but I mean, he's not quite on the level in my eyes as a guy like Timo Meyer or Eric Carlson. But he's still a very, very good player. So the question really is this, is you know, if the Blues and the Rangers can make this kind of deal and the Rangers can improve their team to, to the degree in which they did without sacrificing very much, 
why can't the stars pull off something similar? We know that Jim Neal is experienced as a GM. We've seen him draft with excellence. We've seen him make some big time moves at the deadline. We've seen him pick up some key players in free agency. We know that Jim Neal knows what he's doing. And so that makes me optimistic as we continue to approach this trade deadline that we might not really have a good idea of which players could be coming to Dallas or what could be you know, getting sent out to a different team. But I have hope because of a deal like this, that you can get a guy who was last season an 82-point scorer and add him to a roster of some of the best offensive talent in the game. And I think the Stars are in a similar situation. They, they have a great team but there may be a piece or two away from really kind of, you know, taking that next step forward to where you actually feel confident in their chances in the postseason. Now you might be saying to yourself, well, what kind of deals could they make like this, like the Tarasenko deal? And I mean, there's certainly some ideas that I could probably come up with, but I also want to hear from you guys. If you have any players or any trade ideas for the stars as the deadline is approaching, feel free to let me know in the comments down below. We're going to be doing a sort of mailbag episode tomorrow, talking about some potential trades that could be made for the Stars to add to their lineup. So if you have any thoughts on that, any players you would like to see the Stars pursue, let me know in the YouTube comments down below or on Twitter at LockedOnStars at Dane double underscore Lewis. We'll continue to talk about this and, and why this trade deadline is so important and why it's so crucial for Jim Neal and company to absolutely crush this deadline. But first, we're going to take a quick break and say thank you to one of our sponsors. Today's episode of Locked On Stars is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because the new customers at FanDuel get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to three-pointers drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at bigger payouts with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash on. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA and the Locked On Stars podcast. Thank you again for making Locked On Stars your first listen of the day. Continuing to talk about the approaching trade deadline coming up in early March. And I think it's fair to say, I've been saying this a few times now throughout the episode, it might sound like a hot take. I think there's some truth to it. That this is by far the most important trade deadline in Dallas Stars history. Uh, emphasis on Dallas Stars history, because think about it. When's the last time that this Stars team or a Dallas Stars team was this good and had this high of hopes approaching the deadline? Uh, and also, while I say this, take in mind that I was born in December 98. So some of those late 90s, early 2000s teams, I was too young to be keeping up with you know, the, the states of the team. So maybe I'm missing something there, but at least since, you know, 2010 and on, when's the last time that we've felt this confident in a stars team, maybe 2015, 2016. I think that that's an acceptable answer. I think that was a pretty important trade deadline as well, but, but I feel like this one is 
far more important. I think this team is much, much better. I think that they have better, you know, cornerstone pieces. Uh, you know, Jake Ottinger, Miro Haskinen, uh, Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan were still at the height of their powers. Jason Spezza was really good back then. I think he had, what, 33 goals in that season. They were certainly a good team, but I feel like this year's Stars team has even more pieces put in place for, for more excellence and maybe for even a deeper playoff run. But there's still flaws. This is still an imperfect team, and the 2015-2016 team also imperfect, also uh, with its fair share of flaws as well. And, and I really just cannot get over it enough that the Stars absolutely need to knock this deadline out of the park. And I don't think you have to go out and get a big name to do that. And that's kind of the approach that the team took back in the 2016 trade deadline. The team needed some blue line depth. They had the offensive firepower. Again, Ben, Sagan, Spezza. I mean, those guys were electric that season. And I think the Stars had something like a 36, 37, plus 36, plus 37 goal differential. And I think they led the NHL in goal scored that season. The offense was not the issue. It was the blue line that, that needed help with guys like you know, younger Essel and Dell, John Klingberg, Jamie Alexiak was still around, but but they needed some sort of depth in order to round out that defensive core. And they go out at the deadline and they add Chris Russell, who, I mean, even just looking back, and I found a few articles saying that a lot of people at the time of the deadline considered the Dallas Stars to be a quote unquote loser at the trade deadline. You know how there's always the, oh, these are the winners of the deadline and these are the losers of the deadline. A lot of people didn't like this move for Dallas and I can see why, and and I'm you know it's been several years since that moment, and I'm maybe some of you don't necessarily remember how you felt in that moment or how you felt after, but Chris Russell certainly was not really the answer the Stars were looking for that season. Four points in eleven regular season games down the stretch, and only four points in twelve playoff games. I mean, Chris Russell, a, a fine player, never really was an explosive guy offensively. But also, obviously, it wasn't enough defensively for the Stars to make it as deep as they would have liked to that season, getting eliminated in the second round against the St. Louis Blues. My point being that that move at the deadline wasn't enough. It felt like a crucial moment. And again, it's been several years. I don't remember who all else was out there and what other circumstances the Stars were dealing with at the time. But at the end of the day, Chris Russell adding him to the blue line, it wasn't enough wasn't enough for the Stars to get past the second round in a year that they they did win the division. Uh, and the Blues, granted, were a good team that year. I think they were only two points behind the Stars in the standings. So it, it's not necessarily you know a shock that the Blues were competitive, let alone the fact that they won that series. But, I mean, you can look back and say the Stars maybe could have done more. And I feel like we could be saying that this season if the Stars don't find a way to drastically improve at the trade deadline and drastically may sound like a strong term, but I think you can drastically improve this team, even with what might seem like a small move, even if it's not getting a Timo Meyer, a Patrick Kane, or an Eric Carlson, you can go out and add a, a smaller name player, a, a mid-level veteran player that can contribute on the top six and find a way to get some chemistry with guys like Tyler Sagan and Mason Marchment. This is a crucial moment for Jim Nill during his tenure as the Stars general manager, his crew in the front office, and I have full confidence that they can do what needs to be done for the betterment of this team. Again, Jim Nill has a very good track record as of late with moves as a GM, with 
the way he's been able to re-sign the key players in Haskinen, Ottinger, Hintz, Robertson. He's been able to keep Joe Pavelski uh, this season and next season on team-friendly deals. He's picked up guys in, in the offseason through free agency. Mason Marchment at one point this season was really fun to watch and seemed like a good pickup, and hopefully he gets going again soon. But even guys like Colin Miller seem to be a pretty solid pickup. Uh, he gets Scott Wedgwood last year at the trade deadline. It was a great pickup for the team then. Gets him re-signed to a team-friendly deal, and, and he's been one of the better backups in the NHL this season. So we should have full confidence, or at least I do, in, in Jim Nill. I think he knows what he's doing, and he always seems to have something up his sleeve that we as Stars fans and we as people who follow the team don't always see coming. And, I, and that's kind of what makes it exciting. It's you know like watching a, a mystery movie or you know a movie like the, the the Prestige, where you're just on the edge of your seat following the story, and you might not necessarily expect the ending, but you leave after the viewing experience pleased and, and satisfied with what you got. And I anticipate that that's what we'll be getting at this year's deadline. I, it, I don't necessarily expect the flashiest name or, or a move that's going to make all the headlines all over the national media, but I think that, the, that Jim Nill and the front office know what they're doing, and they're going to go out and they're going to find a way to add to this lineup and add to this roster, and as we talked about earlier with the Tarasenko deal, I think they can find a way to do it without sacrificing too much of the star's future. Well, we're going to take one more quick break, but when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about Patrick Kane and give you an update on his situation. All right, we're closing out this Thursday episode of Locked on Stars and want to give you a little bit of an update on the Patrick Kane situation. We talked a little bit about him last week. Uh, we, we saw the, you know, the rumors on Twitter that teams that had shown interest in Kane were the New York Rangers and the Dallas Stars. Of course, Patrick Kane holds all of the cards in terms of himself getting moved before or at the trade deadline because he has that no-move clause. So if he's going somewhere, it's going to be a place that he wants to go to. And now there's a little bit more uh, to his story, and as he's trying to decide, does he want to leave Chicago, or does he want to stick around in the city and the team, the organization that drafted him uh, and you know, that he's been a part of in the entirety of his NHL career. And, and there's been some updates on how he feels about everything. After the Tarasenko deal went down last week, Greg Wisniewski uh, of ESPN reported that Patrick Kane was not necessarily pleased with the move. Kane was quoted saying, it's not like the happiest I've been to hear about a trade. Uh, that's what he said to the media after a practice last Friday. And, and there's, I think there's some pretty obvious reasons here why Patrick Kane isn't necessarily pleased with how things worked out there. Uh, of course, he is from Buffalo, New York, so not from New York City, but still, I mean, that's his home state. Lots of friends and family a lot closer to, to where he'd be playing hockey than where he is now in Chicago. And, of course, you, you look at that roster, and, of course, plenty of fun guys to play with on that team, but specifically Artemi Panarin, who at one point was in Chicago with Patrick Kane, and was a huge part of those dominant Chicago Blackhawks teams, you have to imagine that you know the idea of reuniting with Panarin was probably pretty appetizing to Patrick Kane, but now they've signed Tarasenko. Again, the, the, the Rangers only dealing with just about over $1 million in cap space right now, so Patrick Kane and his $10.5 million cap it don't really seem to be a good fit for the Rangers, unless the Rangers are willing to send a, a boatload of players back. But 
you, you can't imagine that they want to do that. They probably want to hold on to the guys that they have and try to make a run with their current core. And then adding to that, another article comes out on Tuesday from Austin Nivison of CBS Sports saying that if, if Patrick Kane wants to be traded, the teams he would be interested in playing for are the New York Rangers and the Toronto Maple Leafs. This according to former NHLer uh, and current NHL media insider for TSN 1050, uh, Carlo Koliakovo. Uh, defenseman, former defenseman in the NHL, and now kind of working in the NHL media world, uh, and seems to be a guy that a lot of people trust around the league. Of course, has great connections to the Maple Leafs as well, working in the Toronto market. And those are really the two teams now that he is heavily linked to, he being Patrick Kane, although you, you'll see rumors, you know, the Minnesota Wild are, are kind of a rumored team. The Vegas Golden Knights seem to have some sort of attachment to just about every big-name trade target. Even teams out East Carolina, maybe even a Boston, uh, could potentially be interested in the services of Patrick Kane. But really, it seems like maybe the Rangers or the Maple Leafs are the most likely landing spot for Kane if he were to want to move. So it could be safe to assume that Patrick Kane, after some of the rumors were circulating last week, he could not be coming to Dallas, which if you ask me and if you listen to last week's episode, you know how I feel that I think that this would be for the better. Again, I think the Stars could make a very sound and sappy move at the trade deadline that costs significantly less money than Patrick Kane's $10.5 million cap hit. There's also a little bit of health concerns. I know Kane has been vocal saying that that really shouldn't be a concern, that he feels better and thinks that he can contribute to a team that's looking to make a run if he were to get moved. But it still really doesn't seem like Kane has said much, at least from what I can find at the time of recording this, that doesn't really seem like he's decided whether or not he wants to test the trade market and see where he could land but also maybe he wants to stay in Chicago because there's there's probably some some side of him that wants to stay loyal to the team that drafted him, gave him a chance, uh, and that he had so much success with early on in his career. But all of this to say, it seems like some of the rumors about Kane to Dallas are starting to die down. And if you ask me, I'm just fine with that because I think the Stars can still add some excellent talent that doesn't cost quite as much money. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Stars. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. If you have a potential player that you want the Stars to go after at or before the trade deadline, be sure to let me know in the comments down below, and I might mention it on tomorrow's episode. If you have a mock trade or just a player you would be interested in seeing the Stars potentially add to the lineup or the roster, let me know, and there's a good chance I talk about it on tomorrow's episode. But you can also find and subscribe to the show here on YouTube or on your favorite podcasting platform, free and available no matter where or how you choose to listen. You can also find us on social media at Locked on Stars on both Instagram and Twitter and also my personal Twitter account at Dane double underscore Lewis. Thank you guys again for tuning in. Be sure to leave a comment down below if you have any trade proposals for the stars. Hope you guys have a great Thursday and we'll see you back here tomorrow. <laughs>